This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I'm Kendra Winchester here with Sati Argabright, and this is Reading Women, a podcast inviting you to reclaim the bookshelf and read the world. Today, we're talking about books around the theme nature writing. You can find a complete transcript of this episode on our website, readingwomenpodcast.com, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, so this is our nature theme, and I am so excited, Sachi, that you're joining me and the rest of the world today (laughs) as we talk about nature writing. Yeah, I think that (laughs) this is definitely a little bit out of my comfort zone, so I'm glad to be part of this journey, (laughs) but I really loved, you know, the theme a lot more than I thought I would. I am, if I were to prefer, you know, whether I like to be indoors versus outdoors, I probably lean a little bit more towards indoors. So, um, I still like going, you know, going outside and going on the occasional hike, nothing too intense. Um, but this made me want to, you know, go out and explore a little more just to see how passionate these, these authors were, um, about, um, the great outdoors and animals and plants and nature. And so this was really good. You know, reading women's a great way for me to expand, you know, my horizons. And this is another, yet another month where I've done that. So very (laughs) thankful for the experience. Well, I am very excited that you, uh, volunteered as tribute uh, for this. (laughs) Uh, This has been on our potential theme list, which we have a running theme list that we've had ongoing since pretty much 2017. And nature writing has been on there since 2017. (laughs) And every year I've been like hoping someone would choose it. And (laughs) so uh, Sachi was like, you know what? I'll do that. And it was like a point of bravery, like to go out there, to go into the unknown. And I was so excited because some of my favorite books are nature writing. And I feel like it's a very underappreciated kind of genre of writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I wasn't sure, you know, exactly what we would pick up. But um, the, the four picks that we have are really very different from each other. I, I figured that a lot of the books would just be around one certain thing, whether whether it be about, you know, hiking through the woods or, or things like that. But everything that we picked has a really different viewpoint and covers a different type of uh, subset of nature. And I think 
what I learned the most through this theme is that nature writing is way more broad and vast than I originally thought. I had a very narrow perspective of what nature writing would be. And that's kind of why I've never really volunteered for it before. Cause I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, you know, I don't, you know, I, I'm not super interested in that, in that piece, but with the books that we found and, and the ones that I read, like, um, there was so much depth and, and so much that it, that our books had to offer that we picked that I was pleasantly surprised with how, um, you know, interesting and, and, uh, how much I learned, you know, about different things, uh, from each one of the books. So yeah, I think it was great. I am very excited to talk about it because what really got me wanting to do it this year was I was talking about a particular book of nature writing and on my booktube channel and someone was like, this book isn't just nature writing. And I I thought about that, like just nature writing, like Mm -hmm. that's insulting to nature writing. I was thinking, you know, I think... I think the way that humankind undervalues nature kind of connects with how we undervalue nature writing. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I'm looking into. It's not something that I have done a ton of research on this concept or idea, but I have noticed that, you know, we much more highly value stories about urban centers or about traveling to different cities as opposed to traveling through nature. And that's something that I've been trying to correct in reading more, not just experiencing in my personal life and, and in my family like history and, and the way that we have been um, connected to nature, but also reading about it. And so that's been kind of what I wanted to do with the theme for me. And we definitely accomplished that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So before we jump into our theme and kind of like our approach to trying to figure out what books we want to talk about, I wanted to mention a few updates on reading women content. Uh, So we have our Patreon podcast. And so my audio files for the June episode, they kind of died or or (laughs) they were, it did not work out, let's just say. And and so I, we re-recorded the June episode. And so I decided to ask Erin if she would be up for it. And so Erin of Erin's Library over on Bookstagram was very up for chatting about her experience being um, a Native woman and an actor and trying to get into the audiobook uh, narrator kind of realm. And she's narrated uh, part of one audiobook and then an entire audiobook um, from the same author. And I, I love her work. She has the most amazing voice. <laughs> That's great. Just... she's so good at what she does. And so she kind of gives us an inside look about what it's like being an audiobook narrator, some of the challenges she faced and all sorts of things. Awesome. That sounds really interesting. Uh, We also talk about braiding sweetgrass a lot, which is one of my picks today. So like, that's a bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Extra discussion. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, And then the second one, which is actually July's Patreon episode is with Adam of Day Beautiful. And, you know, Reading Women was founded as a passion project to promote books by and about women. And Adam started his passion project to feature debut authors. And he really stepped it up during the pandemic when Mm. uh, 
debut authors are getting hit so hard. And he interviews a diverse range of folks who have started out with their debut books. And so I really appreciate like the work that he does. And he focuses on craft like I love to do in my interviews. (laughs) And so um, I got him on the phone to chat about his project and kind of what that process looked like for him. That's awesome. I feel like it's so hard sometimes to get the word about debut authors out there and for them to really, you know, get their name in their book out to readers. So it's good that um, there's just another vehicle and platform that can feature those debut authors for the readers who are interested in reading them. I love, you know, exploring and and reading debut um, authors because it's then just someone that, you know, could potentially be on your like forever must, you know, read list, right? So um, I think that's, that's awesome. Yes, definitely. So uh, links to those to our Patreon will be in the show notes. Uh, Speaking of our Patreon, um, our shout out of the day is Stephanie LeBeau. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for supporting the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, it's because of patrons like you that we are able to do the work that we do. Yes, thank you, Stephanie. (laughs) And we'll be back with more from this episode of Reading Women after a word from our sponsor. The sponsor of this episode is Mubi, a curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe. Every day, Mubi premieres a new film. From iconic directors to emerging talent, there's always something new to discover. With Mubi, each and every film is hand-selected, and it's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere. The thing I love most about Mubi is how they give me access to films from around the world from the comfort of my own living room. I don't have a cinema that plays films like this around where I live, and I am able to watch films from Turkey, Germany, Mexico, Japan, just by logging into Mubi, and they're all there at my fingertips. So I'm in the US, but Mubi is available in 195 countries, so wherever you are, there's always going to be something for you. You can try Mubi free for 30 days at Mubi.com slash readingwomen. That's Mubi.com slash readingwomen for a whole month of great cinema for free. Thanks so much to Mubi for sponsoring this episode of Reading Women. All right, so... In, I was about to say, into the unknown. <laughs> um, <laughs> into the unknown. <laughs> uh, so into nature. Um, so Saji, you've talked a little bit about like heading into this and like, you know, mm-hmm. stepping outside your comfort zone. Um, what is what is your experience with nature? Is that something that you have explored or is that something um, that you've more been like a tourist for? What's been in your experience with that? Um, probably the second one. <laughs> probably more of a tourist. So I did uh, when I was younger and, you know, we didn't have all the social media and all the technology and all these types of things. Um, we, we, even when we were younger, my mom didn't let us have like a, um, like a gaming console until I was in like a freshman in high school. And, um, she was convinced it was going to rot our brains. <laughs> and so <laughs> we grew up all over uh, the East coast. Um, so my father's in the, in the Navy. Um, so when we lived in Boston and when we lived in, um, Mississippi, you know, kind of my, my formative years that I remember the most, um, from, from like six to 10, 
we spent all of our time outside uh, playing because uh, there really wasn't anything else to do. <laughs> and so I have a lot of fond memories of uh, playing on the beach, you know, down in Mississippi and um, playing with uh, with bugs in, in the creek or the crick, as we would say, <laughs> down south <laughs> um, and everything. And and even after we moved up to Ohio, we we would play outside with uh, like like the uh, fireflies and everything, which I know is something that we might talk about later with one of our picks. Um, so that meant a lot to me because my grandmother um, on my father's side, when we you know lived in Ohio, we spent so much time with them. She loved fireflies. She said, up up here we call them lightning bugs, <laughs> and so she would always mm-hmm. talk about the lightning bugs. And she t- taught me how to like catch them in the jar, jar and all those things and. And you have to do it at a certain time of night, not to get too much light near them and all that stuff. So that was kind of my extent. But as I, I got older, I, you know, focused on on school and, uh, you know, I work an office job, so I'm not, you know, I'm inside all the time. And so um, now when I go to nature, a lot of it is when we go on trips. So it's kind of the touristy part, like when I lived out on the West Coast in the Bay Area for about a year we went up to Yosemite and we went up to Tahoe. We did a lot of hiking, went up to Muir Woods and, and things like that. And even sometimes, you know, here we we have Cuyahoga Valley National Park um, kind of right right in my backyard, only 20 minutes away. So we visit there occasionally, but I, I, I don't hike and do as, as much as I probably should. My mom's really into hiking and she's always like, come with me. And I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> so <laughs> I probably should do it more. And after reading some of these books, I, I do feel like, I probably should get um, outside more, especially since I have so many great parks uh, and such that are free um, in my area. So maybe this will help push me uh, in in a better direction of getting more attuned to nature like I did when I was a child. So I deeply relate to the firefly yeah. uh, lightning bug situation because <laughs> lightning bugs are such a huge part, uh, you know, my childhood and, and putting the plastic over it, making sure they're air holes and mm-hmm. and then letting them out in the morning was always a big, like you should not kill anything that you catch unless you yeah. plan on eating it was a huge principle, which sounds odd, but that just means like you <laughs> catch and release. Yeah, right. <laughs> I grew up in Southern Ohio and my dad's parents and my dad their grandfather's was a woodsman and going to my grandparents house was you know going out uh, up the holler and learning about trees and my grandfather was very much into chopping wood that was his stress relief (laughs) so he was like oh look this is a dead tree that's already dried out we should chop it and use it for firewood that's using your land respectfully is doing that you it, you should be very careful if you plan on chopping down a tree that's alive you have to be very careful and not over chop your land like you have to be careful of your resources essentially but that's not how he described it to like you know a 12 year old um, <laughs> yeah so i really came to appreciate the fact that we have to respect the land that we are in and we need to understand the plants that are around us because we are we are part of that. We are sharing land with them. And that's why when let's you know, a lot of different reasons why we wanted to um, talk about nature writers today and and honor and respect their work and um, chat about some of our favorites. And uh, yeah, so Ayasachi, you have yeah. our first one. Yes. So my first pick is Two Trees Make a Forest, 
Travels Among Taiwan's Mountains and Coasts in Search of My Family's Past by Jessica J. Lee, and that is out from Catapult. And this book is a memoir focused on um, Jessica J. Lee discovering her Taiwanese heritage through the country's expansive nature and mountain ranges. So the book kind of begins where um, she finds part of her grandfather's uh, personal memoirs, and she decides to return to Taiwan to explore her own family history and then the uh, terrain in Taiwan and um, also, you know, linking back to long lost uh, family members based off of the kind of uh, passages in her grandfather's memoir. And um, this this book was the one that, you know, the first one I read that was really focused on Taiwan and as, as a country and as um, uh, a focus on its, its uh, foliage and terrain um, as a key element of the story. Like I've, I've read books set in Taiwan, but then, you know, they barely ever really talk about the country. It's just really a setting. Um, so it's, it's almost like the, the, um, country is like a character, um, and it is a very key focus of, of the book, which I thought was interesting. And, um, this, the story flips back and forth between, you know, Lee's family stories, uh, but also the history and colonization of Taiwan, um, through the many hikes within the landscape, which, which I thought was, was very unique. And, um, you know, the, 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 my only thing was like the, when I read this, there's a lot of really, uh, technical nature details. She, she, um, in her, uh, in, in her actual, uh, job, a day job, she, uh, studies plants and, and nature. And so some of the things that she had written were really technical. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I fully understand this, but I appreciate the passion <laughs> behind, uh, talking through some of these things. Uh, cause, um, uh, when uh, she notes that she's an environmental historian, she definitely really knows her stuff. Um, so if you're if you're really into uh, nature from that lens of of exploring history through uh, the environment, this is definitely the book for you. It, was, it went very um, in depth, which I thought was very different than anything I'd ever read before. Um, but I really, uh, appreciated it because, you know, I'm a big memoir lover and it really ties together, um, that element in addition to the history and the, um, environment of Taiwan. And, um, I thought it was such a really great book, um, to, at least for me to kind of start getting into the nature rating because it's part memoir and part focused on nature. Um, but yeah, I, I learned so much, um, about, uh, Taiwan in this book and I really recommend it for those, um, who love nature or memoirs. Yeah. I, I think it was a really great book. Well, with her going back and, you know, uh, wandering through Taiwan's, you know, natural settings. Is that something that inspires you to go back to Japan and to wander through the gorgeous landscape um, that <laughs> Japan has? Yeah, probably. Like I, we, we've always mentioned, um, or talked about as a family about, you know, we've, I've gone back to Japan three times now, was hoping to go for a fourth, um, during 2020, but pandemic derailed that. So hoping, hoping to go, you know, Next summer, this it, we were hoping it was this summer, but obviously not happening. Uh, and uh, uh, we've always talked about, hey, you know, we always stay, you know, in a large major city. And then my my um, 
grandmother who we always stay with, she lives in the suburbs. Um, but we said, you know, what if we just took a, the entire trip is just us going through the Japanese countryside. And um, we were thinking about spending a good chunk of time in um, the mountains and the countryside on this upcoming trip. And so I, the Japanese countryside is so beautiful to your point. Um, and they, you know, Japanese people, especially in the countryside are very attuned to nature and like using up all of um, the natural resources, whether it be um, the, the plants, or the, the food that is grown there or the fish that, you know, are, are in uh, the rivers and such. And so um, there are even just, you know, different types of ryokans, which is like a, a traditional Japanese inn um, that are right, you know, in the countryside or in the mountains. And it's like every every meal that they have has uh, locally sourced fish and, um, and produce and such. And they talk about the history of all of the farms and all these things that help provide, um, you know, resources to, to the um, uh, area that they live in. And we've always wanted to do that. Um, just have never been able to, uh, you know, get it worked out um, itinerary wise. Um, with all the other competing things that we want to do. And so, yeah, I would love to go and explore more about Japanese culture and Japanese heritage from that countryside perspective versus some of the cities that we usually go to. You know, I know you've done nature photography and landscape mm -hmm. photography before. That would be an amazing yes. opportunity. <laughs> that would be so cool, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, and so that was Two Trees Make a Forest, Travels Among Taiwan's Mountains and Coasts in Search of My Family's Past uh, by Jessica J. Lee, and that is out from Catapult. Now, Kendra, how about uh, you tell us about your first pick today? So my first pick uh, is Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Uh, out from Milkweed Editions, and I have the gorgeous uh, anniversary hardback edition from Milkweed, and I adore it. And <laughs> I'm going to just hit the highlights of this book. It is a long book, and she has so much wisdom that she uh, writes about in these essays that I will not be able to talk about everything. So, you know, <laughs> fellow braiding sweetgrass lovers, I apologize for only being able to hit um, a couple things. Um, but I adored this book. It is probably my favorite book uh, that I read this year. And I got this book when we moved down here to the Low Country. And for me, when I first got down here, I was very disoriented. I didn't recognize anything around me. And I realized that anxious feeling was that I didn't recognize any of the plants around me. I didn't recognize most of the creatures around me. I mean, I live with lizards now for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that that was important to me to understand who kind of I was sharing the neighborhood with, as it were. And that's something that Robin Wall Kimmerer wants to communicate in this book. A lot of times when we in, you know, modern, air quotes, society, talk about nature, we talk about it as separate from humanity. We go into nature. We explore nature. You know, we are taught in a lot of ways that if human beings touch nature, that we are going to ruin it. But what Robin Wall Kimmerer does is she combines her cultural heritage of the indigenous uh, knowledge from um, her nation. She's a member of the Potawatomi nation. Um, and so she talks about 
how human beings are part of nature and we are part of a lot of ecosystems with different things. The biggest example she uses is sweetgrass um, throughout the book. Um, one particular essay is about how she and one of her grad students did this study on different patches of sweetgrass to see whether or not harvesting sweetgrass made the plant diminish or wither or if it actually helped the sweetgrass plants. And they found out that actually harvesting responsibly actually helped sweetgrass produce more sweetgrass and the patches where they didn't touch withered. And that was her point, that human beings often are part of nature and that natural process of different systems. And that means that we need to understand who we're sharing our space with. We need to understand you know, who else is on our team to reach this mutual goal of caring and respecting the land. That's great. Yeah, I think I I get very intimidated by by larger books. Any anything kind of in that three fifty plus range, I'm like, oh, I feel like it's gonna take a long time to read that. Uh, that's always my worry. Is like, oh, you know, especially you know, like you said with essay collections, like, okay, what what all you know, unique things can be said um, uh, in four hundred pages. You know, with these this these collections of these thoughts, right? Um, so that's great to hear that. And not a lot of it really overlaps, and there's really something very you know um, very prominent to take away out of each uh, different piece of of work within the book. Yeah, and I listened to the audiobook and she reads it herself, and it's mm. it's so soothing. She has the most amazing voice for nature writing and it's not like soothing in that like you relaxing you want to fall asleep it's more like you just <laughs> you kind of relax into the book and you're like mm. okay I'm gonna slow down that's great and listen to this <laughs> so we'll be talking a little bit about some of the principles that she talks about for our discussion episode that we're going to apply to our discussion picks um mm-hmm. but uh so we'll I'll just leave that there um but <laughs> Obviously, would definitely recommend Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer, and that's out from Milkweed Editions. And we'll be back with more from this episode of Reading Women after a word from our sponsor. A sponsor of this episode is Talkspace. After the emotionally draining year we all endured in 2020, there are positive things on the horizon for 2021. It's time to take what we learned in 2020 and start heading in a new direction. That's why instead of just celebrating a month of mental health awareness, it should be our priority all year long. Take the first step with online therapy. Talk therapy is an incredibly important part of taking care of our mental health. As May is mental health awareness, it's a particular time we take uh, to focus on topics around mental health. Uh, But if you're like me and you still are social distancing and being careful because maybe you have a condition or maybe you're taking care of the elderly and have to be very careful that way, whatever the case may be, you may not be able to get to a therapist in person. Talkspace gives you an opportunity to have talk therapy via your computer. You can get online and talk to your therapist that way. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform that has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. Your therapist can help you set and achieve your goals. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com 
Make sure to use the code readingwomen to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's readingwomen and talkspace.com. And Sachi, you have our first discussion pick. Yes. So my discussion pick today is um, called The Way Through the Woods of Mushrooms and Morning by Long Lit Woon. And this is translated by Barbara J. Havland, and this is out from Spiegel and Grau. And um, this book uh, really focuses on um, Long Lit Woon's uh, life after the sudden death of her husband. And I'll be referring to the author by her last name, which is Long. She uses the traditional, um, you know, Asian custom of putting the surname first. Um, and so I, I didn't want it there to be, you know, any confusion. <laughs> I'm not, not calling the author by their first name. <laughs> um, but uh, she finds herself in a depressive state, you know, obviously losing her husband earlier um, in, in his life. She had tried various various things to kind of pull her out of her state, meditation and yoga and, and things like that. Um, but she remembered that her and her husband were, were hoping and planning to, to do a beginner mushrooming course. And she says, you know, let me, let me try this out and see, um, you know, how I like it. And she realizes that she finally found something that could pull her out of the house and encourage her to move on learn something new and become very passionate about. Um, and so I'll be the first to tell you, as you could probably guess from some of my earlier comments, a book about mushrooms and mourning is a little outside my <laughs> comfort zone, <laughs> but I was very pleasantly surprised by it. And I don't know if it's because Long Lit Moon is just such a really great um, uh, writer and I just really empathized with her story. Or um, if it was just because you you know that broad spectrum of nature really gets narrowed down to this one thing, mushrooms, <laughs> and I don't know if like having that that shorter focus or or more centered focus was good for me, but um, I really love this, and I I'm actually the first person to tell you like I don't like mushrooms, <laughs> and so I wasn't sure if I was really gonna like this book because my I I'll do an aside, but like my, I famously tried mushrooms at the dinner table with my grandparents once. And my, my grandpa all the time would say that he swore I turned green <laughs> after trying mushroom ravioli. Cause he said, I didn't like it. And, and, I, and I hadn't touched mushrooms for a while. I'll, I'll eat mushrooms now if they're cooked in something, but I'm not going to have it like by itself. <laughs> um, and so I was like, am I going to get, you know, this, this book and I'm not really going to be into it because I'm, I'm not really into eating mushrooms or anything like that, but um, if you don't like mushrooms and you're you're not really into eating them or you know learning or you know learning more about them, like I thought I would, I really was very fascinated about all the different types of mushrooms, the mushroom hunting community, <laughs> which I did not know was a thing, uh, which was honestly so fascinating, and and. Um, Long is a anthropologist, and so she puts like this lens of human behavior too into what she learned about mushrooming and and the community and the the, the secrets behind it and and um, some of of um, the the patterns that that um, uh, folks do to like remember where patches of where mushrooms grow and all these different things. It 
I don't know what it was about it, but like all of the mixture of those things kept me so intrigued. I finished this book fairly quickly and I was, I thought it was going to take me a lot longer. Um, but it was so fascinating. And, um, you know, the book is really informative without being super technical. Um, and there's some simple illustrations peppered throughout the book as well, which just like adds to the style. I thought the style was really cool. Um, the book, I will give the caveat, the book is weighted a little bit more towards mushroom than the grief and mourning part of it, um, which I, I was hoping that'd be a little more balanced, but honestly, the mushroom stuff was still really cool. <laughs> I actually really liked it. Um, and so this book would be great for, you know, nature or mushroom enthusiasts um, or, you know, those who love memoirs, but like want to step outside of their comfort zone um, a little bit. And I have nothing but great things to say uh, about this book. And I know we'll be discussing it in our next episode. So I won't gush too much because I still think there's so <laughs> much to talk about um, this book. Um, and I, you know, am really thankful uh, that we uh, are covering this book. I think, Kendra, you are the one who suggested this book to me. So so thank you. <laughs> yeah, it seemed right up your alley uh, since... Uh, Long is Malaysian, and she moved to Norway and married her husband there. And she talks a lot about like being in that interracial marriage and mixing their cultures and and discussing like, you know, there are mushrooms in Malaysia that look similar to the mushrooms in Norway. And she has that great perspective that I think really fleshes out the discussion of mushrooms because it's not just, you know, a Norway-focused conversation. She brings a very international approach to it. Yeah, I really appreciated that. Um, I that was it was one of my notes actually in the, in the discussion episode, just how unique her perspective is, um, and how she very much talks about the standard and the general practice um, of you know the mushroom community in Norway. But then she also takes a step back to say, you know, but in X country, they you know when she talks about like toxicity and the scale of like from edible, you know, completely safe to eat to all the way to toxic, hey, avoid this. Um, It's, you'd think, you know, just as someone who doesn't know anything about mushrooming, like, okay, there's this scale and the scale is just used everywhere. And it's very cut and dry of like where it falls. And she had found, you know, by her time, you know, in this community that it varies by country. It um, can be very widely debated. There's some people who say, oh yeah, this, you know, really belongs in toxic, but then others are like, I've been eating that for years. It's fine. And like certain times mushrooms get moved into that toxic category. So like what makes it change from decades of being safe to then now not being safe? And all of that was just so very fascinating. And she, you know, really evaluates what it means, you know, in different places and how mushrooming in Norway is, is taken very seriously and is, is, is done a certain way, but there's all these other countries and all these other folks who have different perspective and it causes a lot of debate sometimes in the mushroomy community globally, which I thought was really cool too. So that was The Way Through the Woods by Long Lit Woon, and that was translated um, by Barbara J. Havland, and that's out from Spiegel and Growl. And Kendra, what is your discussion pick for this month? So my discussion pick is another book from Milkweed Editions, and that's World of Wonders in Praise of Fireflies, Whale Sharks, and Other Astonishments by Amy Nazuka Matatil. And this was Barnes & Noble's Book of the Year last year. Woo! 
<laughs> I, I saw it everywhere. And then I heard this excellent interview on Thresholds, which is also part of uh, Lit Hub's uh, podcast network, Lit Hub Radio. So shout out Thresholds. <laughs> I really love the way that she discussed on the episode being a Asian American woman who loves nature and it being often the only woman of color in those spaces. And so it may be very intrigued to read um, this essay collection. And then you actually get the book in your hands. And oh, yeah. it is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Like, the illustrations are phenomenal. I just, I fell head over heels for this book. So I paid, like, full cover price for it. <laughs> <laughs> so the illustrations are by Fumi Mini Nakamura. And they are Amazing. I want to hang them on my Gorgeous. wall. <laughs> um, and so these essays take a creature. Um, one is a, a nature. It was a monsoon. Um, it might be a plant. And she kind of uses that as a springboard to discuss something a part that's part of her life. And I wanted to pick this book as a discussion uh, because she provides a unique perspective having moved all around the United States and having to reorient herself to the flora and fauna around her, but also because a lot of people don't understand that nature writing isn't just about nature. The discussion of nature is always connected back to us as human beings oftentimes because we are part of nature. And so that's something that she does is that she takes principles from nature and discusses them in her life. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't understand is an important part of that process of connecting to nature and understanding your place in nature. And that's something that she discusses in these essays. And some of them are really short, some of them are longer. And... Mm -hmm. She shows a lot of uh, range in this collection as well. Mm -hmm. And her writing style is very lyrical. I, I think it's be I, she's a poet by by uh, trade, and so it, it you can definitely tell because I like read the first essay and I it's I was just like so I don't know like in awe of like oh this is just just feels so beautiful. Um, and then the illustrations even add to that, like whimsical, I think like nature, nature, pun intended, uh, <laughs> of the writing, um, that I, every time an essay ended, I was like, okay, what's the next like animal or what's the next plant going to be? And Ooh, look, there's an illustration. Like how beautiful is this? And I just felt like it's a slim novel. It's, it's pretty short. And I think I read it like two sittings because they're just like, I just kept wanting to see what was going to come next. Yeah. Yeah. And as I was reading or listening in my case, um, I kept looking up the creatures that she mentioned. And I remember yeah. sending Sachi this giant email of links to like, <laughs> look at the monarch butterfly as it leaves its chrysalis. Like I wanted to see this. I wanted to listen to the weird bird, not a weird bird, but a lovely bird that yeah. kind of makes a frightening noise. Uh, that kind of sounds like it's a, you know, free spirit wandering around the forest. And so I, I love learning about that and how it inspired me to go look up these creatures in, in nature, to watch the dancing frogs dance and, you know, the birds of paradise and, you know, do their little mating dance and whatever. Yeah, so. their dance, <laughs> which I remember seeing on like planet earth or something. And I was like, oh yeah, like that. You know, is it's so cool when you can really 
take some of your own experiences, whether it's you have seen that, like the fireflies we had talked about, um, fireflies is featured as, as one of the, the essays in here, um, using your own personal experience or, or things that I've learned through documentaries or, you know, at different museums and such kind of seeing that, you know, woven through this collection and how it relates to her life and her experiences versus my life and my experiences was really cool. Cause you can see how, nature and animals make a different impression on each and every one of us, even though, you know, many of us have been exposed to the same thing. We react to it different ways, which I thought was cool. Yes. So we are going to be discussing this book for, um, one of our discussion picks. And um, we're also going to be discussing the episode from Thresholds where Amy's talking to Jordan uh, Christner who hosts Thresholds and they have that conversation about being a woman of color talking about nature. So we're going to discuss all of that in our discussion episode. Also would highly encourage you all to have Google handy during that conversation because we're going to be talking about like vampire squids and how frightening and terrifying they are, but also amazing and all sorts of things. You'll want to see what they look like because you definitely want to. Or you could just buy the book and follow along. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The illustrations will take you pretty much all the way there. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, So that is World of Wonders in Praise of Fireflies, Whale Sharks, and Other Astonishments by Amy Nazuka Matato. And that's out from Milkweed Editions. Well, those are six picks for our theme on nature writing. Uh, Sachi, what are you currently reading? So I am currently reading Against the Loveless World by Susan Abuhawa. And this was recommended on last month's episode of the podcast um, about uh, books about Palestine. So I had this book uh, for a while because we had... um, Uh, nominated it, I think, as one of our top picks for the year last year, I believe, and um, hadn't had a chance to pick it up. But after hearing the wonderful episode from you and Sumaya, I said, I absolutely need to, to read this book. And I'm only about 50 pages in, but I'm loving it so far. So thank you both for the wonderful recommendation. <laughs> it, it's so, so beautiful. Yes. Like I was so like immediately drawn in by the writing style and um it's it is you know very kind of tough tough to read uh, subject matter but i am still making my way through it very quickly just because the the writing is is just wonderful so i'm really enjoying it so far it's a it's a kind of a chunkier book so i still have a lot to enjoy uh for it and in the upcoming uh sittings that i have uh with it Kendra, what are you reading right now? And I'm currently reading a recommendation from Jacqueline. So we're all represented (laughs) today. Um, And that's 100 Days by Alice Pung. And she is a Cambodian-Australian author. We, uh, Jacqueline and I have discussed Alice Pung's, um, I think one of her memoirs in a Mm -hmm. previous episode uh, where she talks about her relationship with her father and, um, you know, what it was like for her parents being immigrants to Australia from Cambodia. Um, and I have never, I don't think I've ever read any of her fiction. And so I'm reading this book and it's very, it's very claustrophobic because it's about this young woman whose mother in particular is very restrictive on her in a, in a way that isn't as much protective as it is trying to construct her daughter into this little box. And so I can't really read it in, in, 
large sessions, like because it's so intense. And uh, Jacqueline said she read it during one of uh, Melbourne's lockdowns. And she's oh like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that might not be have been the best choice, uh, but it is an amazing book." So I am very much enjoying it, and the audiobook is great. Um, so would recommend. And Alice Pung is an amazing writer, and unfortunately, America just has not got on board yet. So America. Like publishers, if you're listening to this, Chop Chop, go buy Alice <laughs> Pung's work. <laughs> yes, I've heard amazing things about her work. I still have yet to to pick up some of her books, but um, this this one sounds very interesting. I might have to to get this title. Yes, um, and so that's 100 Days by Alice Pung, um, and that is currently out in Australia. And also, you can probably get it on websites like Book Depository if you're in the U.S. or another country that Book Depository delivers to. All right. Well, Sachi, where can people find you about the internet? Um, people can mainly find me on Instagram at Sachi Reads. And folks can find me at KD Winchester. That's K as in Kite, D as in Dylan Winchester on uh, primarily Instagram. And that's our show. All right, so many thanks to our patrons uh, whose support makes this podcast possible. This episode was produced and edited by me, Kendra Winchester. Our music is by Mickey Saito with Isaac Green. Join us next time when we dive into our discussion picks, The Way Through the Woods and World of Wonders. In the meantime, you can find Reading Women on Instagram and Twitter at The Reading Women. Thanks for listening. 